Ah, good morning. We made it. We made it, which for me was, yes, a challenge to make it into studio today. Had some good Samaritans help us out, get out of the neighborhood. We did get stuck. Little push, just a push. I didn't get to say thank you, which I feel kind of kind of bad about. I didn't have enough time, TJ, to turn around and say, "Hey, thank you for getting me unstuck." I'm shocked you got here because I I have the I have the truck four wheel drive and all that. I I almost got stuck at the bridge trying to cross over 35, and I had to go in reverse down <laughs> Robinson and then speed back up and just blow through the light, and I made it over. But man, it was it was not an easy drive getting here. So when you pulled up and walked up to the door, I'm like. Oh, he got out. So, because you had said you were stuck. So, my fear me. after getting stuck was I- I'm I'm gonna make it all the way there. Everything's gonna be good, and I'm gonna turn in to the s- sports talk, the ref studios, and I'm so gonna get stuck in the entrance. That, that pile right there at the entrance, <laughs> I blew through it too. <laughs> but you trampled it down pretty good out there. So, good morning, everyone. It is the Plank Show. What a win! Last night, Oklahoma, the season sweep now over number nine Baylor, 78 77, the final. We've got the man that was right there calling the action. Yes, it was uh, a difficult travel for Oklahoma. <laughs> no, they were not there well in advance of tip off last night, but the Sooners walk out of the Farrell Center winners <laughs> last night. It is a season sweep over the Baylor Bears. Liz Scott. Again, the heroics, the unselfishness from Maddie Williams. Chris Plank, good morning. Take us through it, man. I mean, that had to be just the entirety of it. I know you were reliving some of the travel tales just a moment yeah. ago in the crossover, but take us through the the trip down, the lead up to the game, and then obviously what wound up being, I thought, just a, a wildly exciting basketball game from start to finish. Maybe not the greatest start, for OU, but by the time you got to halftime, game's tied up. OU leads by one going into the fourth, and then obviously they, they find a way to win it. Yeah, sometimes, you know, Josh, you know this from calling games, TJ, you know it. You, you're in the midst of this, of this matchup, and you don't, you know, you're, you're not truly grasping how the game is a game of runs, right? And last night was truly, you know, looking back, it was, it was a game of runs. And you know, I just, I, I'm still, this team is so special, man, to, to just kind of think about not just last night, but, you know, this whole season, right? I, I saw a couple of people on Twitter, I think Eddie put it out there, you know, laying out everything they went through last night, uh, and that's enough. But just think about this season, right? Head coaching change from someone who had been here since, you know, the, the 90s, right? A Hall of Fame coach in Sherry Cole, to new staff that, immediately gets off to a, a really good start and then loses one of its best players in Ana Yanusa. Um, have battled some issues with injuries, right, Where and, and, and COVID and protocols of that nature. And yet all, all they do is win. And that's just, it's so fun to be a part of. So with, with that in mind, you know, yesterday was as challenging of a day, I think, for anyone. I mean, I told Toby and Josh, you and, you and Tyler and TJ can attest to it, I, I just kind of happened to be lucky that I'd screwed my times up and just got there early. Or, you know, I might not be here right now. We might have had a remote broadcast last night. You know, there was a group of, of people, which is kind of funny. This is part of the story that no, no one's really told. But there, there is a group that 
you know, included our man Grant Wade and a couple of other staff members that couldn't get there in time for the bus to leave. So, Josh, they drove separately and literally beat us there somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Against all odds. <laughs> Against all odds. And they probably probably had about a 20-minute head start on them. But, no, uh, it, it was just specifically and not waxing nostalgically about the season for this team. Dude, think about it. I mean, if there's one thing I've, I, I've really had hammered home in my time with Teddy and, and Gabe probably magnifies it more than anyone, athletes are creatures of habits. They're routine-oriented. And when you throw off a routine to the degree of, hey, uh, you're not getting up shots, you're stretching on the bus, that is, that's a massive <laughs> adjustment that you have to go through. And, you know, this team didn't complain about it when they easily could have. Um, I think I think there was a couple of Baylor players that were a little bit missed, and and I could understand where that would have affected their um, their their pregame routine too, right? I mean, it's, it affects everyone. Um, but Baylor was great about it, and they went out and didn't have you hit it on the head. Didn't have a great start, but man, uh, whenever they warned, if they got going. So to finish off the postscript of this, right? Just real quick, so team goes out. Maddie Williams with a great feed when she's like triple teamed. Tillis Scott lays it in. Um, they play great defense on the final possession and win the game. So after the game, it kind of starts buzzing around that, hey, we're not getting back, right? Because we bust down. There's not a plane waiting for us to take us back. We got to bust back. So we got, um, we got on the bus. It was, it was a little icy, a little rainy, and we got to Fort Worth. So we made it here to Fort Worth. Team is having breakfast as we speak. And literally, Josh, I'm expecting um, in the next 10 minutes we're going to be on the road the concern, there's two concerns, and maybe you guys can help me understand this a little bit better because I won't lie, I got in at midnight and, and I fell asleep and I woke up at 7.30 and was going to a CVS when they said, no, 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 we're going. <laughs> so I didn't even walk down to get any of those necessary things you need in the morning. But I, um, my, my understanding is that I-35 is one lane both ways right now when you get to Oklahoma. And, and we're trying they're starting to get ice here in fort worth so we're trying to beat the ice out of town so that's that's kind of where we are right now with fingers crossed and and hopeful that things go well and you know hope hopefully we'll end up getting home by i don't know two o'clock we one of the guys had set the over under for the bus ride now remember we're in fort worth we're in the heart of downtown fort worth they had set the over under for the bus ride at five hours knowing you both were out in it would you take the over or the under on that? I'm taking the over. I don't. The highways usually are a little bit better, but I don't know how traveled okay. they are right now. But it yeah. it was one of the more difficult rides I've had into the station in my time here. Um, wow. it, it, there was a moment like at that light at the bridge and stuff. I'm like, I don't know that I'm going to get there, <laughs> and no. so I, I I'm going to take the over on the five hours. Yeah, I will. Double down and take the over as well. But the important thing, hey, safe travels. Be safe, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. But, hey, I, I will say this. Uh, just just one final thought um, before we do jump on this bus and get out of here. How, how good is Maddie Williams right now, right? I mean, listen, I, I know that we probably don't spend the amount of time, you know, breaking down this women's basketball team that we should. I know that, obviously, today, Josh, there's – you know, I, I went back last night when I got in and I loaded the Brent Venables interview with Toby, and it's like it's amazing. All 25 minutes of it are amazing. Uh, we can share some of that on the show today. 
so we got a lot of Cruton talk to, to get to because it was a good day yesterday for Oklahoma. But, you know, and just in, in watching Maddie Williams play, I mean, she's amazing. So uh, it's, it's been fun to be around this team. Um, it looks like we're on the verge of having a pretty fun bus ride back. Let's just hope everything is safe and we'll be good to go, uh, gosh, for Saturday against West Virginia. When is this going to move out? I just got an alert that my kids are off school on Friday, too. Are we still dealing with this this weekend? I mean, it's yeah. snowing yeah, right it's now. It's snowing again here, and I looked at the radar, and it's not letting up for about another four or five hours. So, yeah, it's going to be a mess uh, heading home. So just be safe, and it's you're not getting rid of this before – Probably Sunday is what I saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Before we get you out of here, Plank, because I know obviously you, you got to hop on the bus here momentarily. Yeah. While we we have you hanging out with us, just your general thoughts, shifting gears a little bit, jumping around, the signing day that it wound up being for Oklahoma. We knew Gentry Williams in the morning. We knew R. Mason Thomas. But the defensive back, Jamarian Burt, also signs with Oklahoma. Grayson Halton locked in, signed with Oklahoma, and Cavante Henry. I mean, in terms of the – since we've had the early signing day, we haven't right. had a national signing day. I, I don't think really like we saw yesterday for Oklahoma where five highly touted guys – Sign with Oklahoma. Just your general thoughts on what wound up being five great additions to this 2022 class for OU. So, what was it? You and I went through this a lot. There were seven, right? We had the seven names that we had constantly talked about that were up in the air for Oklahoma on signing day. Did they end up getting four of those seven? That's right, isn't it? Of the uh, because they didn't get the the Campbell kid. That ended up signing with Texas. Like Ahmad Moten was Miami. And then there's the, the other offensive lineman who, you know, essentially could make this five because he's not making his decision for a couple of weeks, right? And, and maybe that's what Coach Venables was talking about when he said, hey, we're not done, right? So maybe that's a possibility too. So you, then you add in the preferred walk-on for Freeman. You brought it up with Gentry Williams, the punter that signed yesterday. You know, they add eight more bodies. That class of seven more bodies to that class of that day of signing day list, four of those seven, maybe potentially five. And I, I, I know, I know it's frustrating because Caleb Williams went to USC, so the national narrative is all about wow, look at USC and USC this. But we're not, we're not missing it. You know, we're seeing it. We see what's going on. This is a, an absolute to the moon recruiting class that Oklahoma has put together. And you, Josh, you and I put together that uh, series of cuts yesterday from um, Bud Elliott, right? And I think with what Oklahoma did yesterday, it further cemented and magnified just how amazing of a job that they've done in, in building a class in a short amount of time. And, and, and then, okay, so let's just let's drill a little deeper just real quick on this. And I know we're up against it, and I know you guys have a lot to get to today. But think about this. We have time for you, Plank. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I feel terrible that I'm not on our show today. But we, we, can, we can drill a little bit deeper on it. Think about this. They were able to secure a majority of the class, right, whenever they first took over. When they first took over and you had, what, two weeks before signing day or maybe less than that, they were able to secure 
a lot of the classes still get their sign, uh, get their letters of intent. Give them a month, uh, a month and a half, maybe almost two months, and look what they did with bringing in some new faces and solidifying one of the more marquee guys in this class in Gentry Williams, right? And Gentry Williams, from what we've come to understand, did have that big Deion Sanders kind of push and that offer and everything that was behind that. And, I mean, Brent Venables went out and, 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 and got him. And Jay Belay got him. So, I don't – again, I, I understand that Twitter's not real life and I see some of that frustration with all the portal talk, but it's also minimizing to me. I see that, hey, look at this. Look what we did. I hear you guys listening to what Brent Venables says and what these assistants say. It is – it's awesome, you know, and I just, I, I really, you know, they, there's going to be a time as this progresses, right, as, as Oklahoma continues to build its defensive foundation and, and guys that it brings in. Josh, there's going to be a time where those offers are going to become more specific and specialized. But for now, they're getting the guys they're offering. And I think that's just absolutely massive for not just, you know, the confidence of the fan base going forward, but for Brent Venables wanting to kind of lay out his vision and his plan. You hear the holistic approach. They're not just saying it, they're living it. And I don't know how, as an Oklahoma fan, you cannot be over the moon or you can't be over. You've got to be over the moon excited. I don't know how you can't. It's just, there's so much good that's happening right now that, I mean, even when, when Brent was asked about Caleb Williams yesterday, he's like, listen, I got to assume that when you go on the transfer portal, you're gone. And we've got to start doing things to, adjust as a program. So I just, I love everything that this staff is about right now, Josh. And now I'm kind of in that, let's get to spring ball. Let's see what it looks like. Let's see what this looks like as the season kicks off because, you know, talking season and recruiting season is rolling right now and the suitors are crushing it. Let's, I can't wait to see what this team materializes into. Talking season is D-U-N. It is done, baby. (laughs) Plank, hey, thanks for hopping in for just a few, man. And most importantly, Safe travels to to you. Safe travels to everybody with Oklahoma, the team, and no rush. I mean, it is uh, absolutely. It's a bit of a mess. Um, I will say this though: I will check in with you guys from the bus. We will have hourly updates from the bus. So I'll text you. I'll. We've gone half a mile. <laughs> we have, guys, I'm I'm outside the Fort Worth uh, hotel. We've been here for 45 minutes. But no, no, no. I'll I'll check in. Um, and again, thanks to Cavens for being flexible with us today. CavensConstruction.com. Gary's been a great partner of this show from day one for him to be flexible and allow us to, you know, be virtual today and what's a dicey day on the roads. Be safe, crank up the rest, and uh, enjoy just a, a day of, of hopefully snow, safety, and sports talk, right? That's it. That's it. All right, Plank. Hey, great call last night. Get home safe, man. Number eight in the recruiting rankings. That is via 247 Sports. That is via rivals that is via on threes consensus team rankings everywhere you look Oklahoma squarely inside the top 10 at number eight crazy amazing what has happened with this signing class for the Sooners we can break that down this morning Brent Venables obviously met with the media yesterday we'll share plenty of that for you this morning uh post game coach Baranchek and the Sooners victorious last night the season sweep over Baylor and some shade 
thrown by Oregon to one Lincoln Riley. I've got that coming your way this morning as well. Josh Elmer, TJ Perry, it is the Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Welcome back, everyone. Happy to have you alongside with us on the Ref Sports Radio Network. As always, this first hour of the Plank Show, it's brought to you by Van Who's Fence. Give them a call, 405-735-1167. Visit them online, vhfence.com, where they will get your fencing needs taken care of. That's uh, through the premier fence company in Oklahoma, Van Who's Fence. I continue to be amazed just with this 2022 signing class. I don't think we can say enough. I know it's in some ways the same narrative, beating a a dead horse maybe for some people, but you can't lose sight of what this class represents for Oklahoma, what it represents for the start of the Brent Venables era. You need look no further than what happened I don't know, say with USC's 2022 signing class. To have 21 signees in this class and the amount of four-star signees for Oklahoma in this class, which if you're looking at 247 sports is 15 four-star signees and six three-star signees. Some of those six three-star signees are listed as four-stars according to some of the other recruiting services, say if you went to Rivals or On3 or the ESPN recruiting rankings, those six three-stars by 247 Sports might not be evaluated as three-stars if you look in other places. All of this, though, to say this class probably shouldn't have been this good. When Lincoln Riley decided to leave Oklahoma and – Actively recruited this Oklahoma signing class. Tried to pick this signing class apart at the seams. Tried to lure it away to Hollywood, to USC. Other coaches, not just Lincoln Riley and USC, you know that a bunch of these 21 players that are signing with Oklahoma, other coaches came calling. The negative recruitment was out in full force against Oklahoma. Hey, Brent Venables never been a never been a head football coach. Yeah, Oklahoma, what's the future going to look like now? There's there's no Bob Stoops, there's no Lincoln Riley in the future for Oklahoma. Instead of allowing that negative recruitment to win the day and sever this class, it winds up being right now today the number 8 signing class nationally everywhere you look. 247 Sports rivals on 3. And a big tip of the cap, again, has to go out to Bob Stoops in the interim the day that he sat up there, TJ. And I think of Bill Snyder's return press conference when he came back to Kansas State and he sat up there and he said, I'm here to calm the waters. (laughs) And he he had his – both of his arms sort of motioning out, I'm calming the waters of Kansas State. (laughs) That was Bob Stoops for Oklahoma sitting up there saying, listen, OU is not Bob Stoops. It's not Lincoln Riley. It's not Barry Switzer. It's not one man. It's not one coach. It's not one player. 
we're going to be okay. This program has always been about the players. That message, it had to be delivered. It needed to be received by this signing class. This signing class's moms and dads, the, the families, the parents. And it was. The message was received loud and clear. The, the message from Cale Gundy, from Coach Biedenboe, from DeMarco Murray, from Joe John Finley, Again, from Bob Stoops, Brent Venables, as he was named the new head football coach of Oklahoma. Just the stories of this class, the flipping back of the recruitment for linebacker Kobe McKenzie, that didn't have to play out that way. It could have very easily wound up with Kobe McKenzie signing at Texas. Instead, the message that Oklahoma sold both The staff that remained at Oklahoma, Bob Stoops in the interim, and then Brent Venables taking over. This is something that if you hit on a lot of the players in this signing class, TJ, we're going to look back, I think, and marvel in a lot of ways at this 2022 signing class that wound up being as good as it has. I hope that's the case. I hope, you know, three years, four years from now, we look back and say, wow, unbelievable group because... In today's sports world, not even just college, there's not loyalty in a lot of situations, but this was something that was held together, I think, by loyalty, by a family approach, but it just a tremendous job by the staff. And you mentioned the parents. How many parents have we seen tweeting out stuff about Brent Venables and the impact that he had immediately with them as a family and how comfortable they were sending their child there. We've we've seen that over the years when parents comment and say, uh, we feel comfortable sending our child here and stuff. But so much of it in today's world is what can you do for me? What are you going to do for my kid? Where's the NIL money? Um, we've seen the kids immediately transfer out of programs if it didn't work out for them in year one. We see all of this turnover happening. And the, all of this class seemed to be built on trust, family, and loyalty and a program, and that's what I love about it. And to have the number eight class, like you said, in the position they were in, coming in when they did, having who, if you want to believe the national narrative, is the hot shot coach now taking over USC to bring them back, and they're completely ignoring what's happened here and the job that Brent Venables has done. And really, Caleb saved him a little bit, but the dumpster fire going on in L.A. right now, but that's not the narrative how it's playing out out there. He's the savior. He's going to have them back in the playoffs and winning championships. And everybody's just kind of brushing Brent and Oklahoma off. And when you look at it, they've just done a tremendous job and built this foundation in year one that looks like it's going to be pretty good going forward and how they they run this thing and operate as a program. Could Oklahoma have found a bunch of success under – Brent Venables, if this 2022 signing class wasn't number eight nationally, yeah. Sure, eventually, uh, yeah. Of course. But it hamstrings you a little bit if if you get off to a poor start in your first signing class, like, say, again, a USC with only eight It was already in a bad position talent-wise and uh, maybe further uh, down the road for them because of this. It gets you off to such a great start that you have 21 signees. It's number eight nationally. And now you, you, you can hit the road running moving forward in the 2023 and 2024 classes. 
there, there was some big news this morning, I guess I should pass along. Five-star defensive line target for Oklahoma has been a class of 2023 player. Lebius Overton announced this morning he's reclassifying. He's he's going to be a 2022 signee, and I believe that I mean his decision should come within the next month now because he's reclassifying. And anyways, he announced he released his top five. Lebius Overton did, and Oklahoma in that top five. So they're along with. Texas A&M and Georgia and a, a couple of others. Let's see here. Oregon, Georgia, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Ohio State. The top five schools for five-star defensive lineman Lebius Overton, who is reclassifying to 2022. 6'5", 265-pound defensive lineman out of Alpharetta, Georgia, ranked as the number two player in the nation. So if OU can add that, can add Lebius Overton to this class, and all of a sudden, maybe you can sign Josh Connerly as well. I haven't tossed this into the class calculator yet, but I'm going to guess OU would be, they'd have to be right on the doorstep of top five. I was going to say, yeah, knocking on that door. If you get one of those two, you'd feel great about where this class winds up. So that's some news here to keep an eye on this morning as well that has broken on Lebius Overton, but... I just continue to marvel, continue to marvel. Five more names yesterday for Oklahoma that sign. Of course, the number one player out of the state of Oklahoma, that's Gentry Williams from Booker T. Washington, we had seen him reaffirm his commitment to Oklahoma, but ink meets paper yesterday. OU expecting Gentry Williams to slot into its defensive backfield. He'll probably play corner at Oklahoma. Uh, The... The flips that Oklahoma was able to get here late, too, with both R. Mason Thomas, 6'2", 215-pound edge, had been a longtime commit to Iowa State, but Oklahoma able to flip his recruitment. Miami made a late push, but Oklahoma earns the signing there for R. Mason Thomas. Grayson Halton, another flip, had been committed to Oregon, flips, signs with Oklahoma, and then uh, Cavante Henry, who a lot of people thought either Michigan or Arizona. Instead, nope. Six foot four, two hundred and twenty-five pound edge signs with the Sooners yesterday, and it it just makes this a great class for Oklahoma. It secures that it was already top ten, but dependent upon how maybe a couple of things played out yesterday on the national signing day, second national signing day. Could have wound up where maybe you're on the outside looking in of that top 10. Instead, now OU squarely inside the top 10. They are locked in to number 8. So let's hear from Brent Venables this morning. He shared a lot of thoughts on this signing class. I know all of you probably have some thoughts that you want to chime in on this signing class. We'll take your phone calls on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line, 405-329-9000. That is the number to call. And I should tell you again, Van Hoos Fence, bringing you hour number one of the Plank Show, vhfence.com. Take a T.O., come back, we'll take your phone calls. Let's hear from Coach Vittables on this 2022 signing class. Right here, it's the Ref Sports Radio Network. Plank Show, we are back.
Good morning, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, he is TJ Perry. I'm Josh Elmer. Happy to have you alongside this morning with us. Everybody stay safe. It is how you say a little bit nasty outside right now. No big deal. We got you covered. We'll keep you entertained all day long. Signing day coverage. Big Sooner women's basketball dub last night. And we got to talk about it at some point. Jim Harbaugh, I guess, uh, now coming back to the Michigan Wolverines. Seemed like maybe he was out. Not so fast, my friends. Hour number one of the Plank Show. It is brought to you by Van Who's Fence. Visit them online, vhfence.com. 405-735-1167. They offer free estimates, customer satisfaction, That's their top priority. Get your fence back in shape before the summertime, which, you know, right now today seems like maybe the summertime's a little ways off. But, hey, it is closer than we all think. Three-word description, TJ, for this 2022 signing class. Three words or less description. What are some of the first things that come to mind? I think the first two words that came to mind to me were the foundation foundation loyalty kind of ties in there together um impressive i mean um, unbelievable i mean there's i'm shocked at how they were able to save this class and really improve this class with the situation they were put into so um Yeah, unbelievable is a word that comes to mind for me. If you're curious why I ask that, that's because get at us. Get at me on Twitter, at Josh on Ref. That's the question I want to have answered. I want to hear from you all. Which Sooners signees are you excited about in this class? And then on top of that, what's your three words or less description of this 2022 signing class? You can tee off on either one. Bill, uh, I know, has a lot of thoughts on this signing class and probably some questions as well about some of these other targets. He has given us a buzz on the law offices of Rod Polson, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line, 405-329-9000. Bill, good morning. Good morning. What's going uh, on? What's on your mind? None the two I was a bit excited about the decommit from Oregon and the one from Michigan. Yeah, Cavante Henry from Michigan. Well, they they thought would well, I guess he yeah, was committed and they thought might sign with Michigan. Cavante Henry, 6'4", 225 edge and Grayson Halton, who had been uh, committed to Oregon. I have to say I'm most interested to see how those two really play out with as much of a build up as they've got. Uh, so it's but Harbaugh going to stay at Michigan, or is he just back for this time? I think he he's said, staying. Dang. I wish we could get that kid out of Washington. Yeah, it would have been good news, potentially, for Oklahoma if Harbaugh was, in fact, out. That would have helped, you would think, with the Connerly recruitment for Oklahoma. Instead, they can just uh, sell Connerly on the idea that, really, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan have done nothing outside of this past season. And, oh, by the way, when they went to the college football playoff, they got smacked by Georgia. 
Hopefully you'll you'll entertain coming though. You, I just had turned on you know when I first heard. What is it about the Overton kid? I thought he was a twenty twenty three. He has been, but the breaking news this morning from Lebius Overton. First of all, he revealed his top five schools, and Oklahoma has made the cut. OU's in Lebius Overton's top five schools, but the other really really interesting note here. Lebius Overton has reclassified to 2022, so he's signing with somebody and playing this next season in college football. Six foot five, 265 pound defensive lineman out of Alpharetta, Georgia. Number two player now nationally. Very, very interesting. You mentioned one other kid that I thought they could get one of those two. Who was the other one? Connerly, the the offensive lineman. Oh, okay. I saw a crystal ball in two four seven that they have Overton claiming that he'll sign with OU. Yeah, he's a, a legacy, so th- that's that's an advantage for Oklahoma in this recruitment. We'll see. Is that on? I think that's on what two four seven sports. Yeah, they've got a crystal ball for him. We'll we'll see. I, I don't know how confident or unconfident to feel. Obviously, it's great news for OU that they made the top five today. It was his top five. His top five was obviously Oklahoma, and joining the Sooners was Oregon, Georgia, Texas A&M, and Ohio State. So, really a who's who of college football powers, as you would expect. When do you th- when do they think he's going to sign, or has he said? I mean, based on him reclassifying, Connerly is waiting until March. Let me look into this. How long now they have to sign here? I want to say a, a little bit. This extended signing period. I mean, obviously, a bunch of guys sign on National Signing Day, but I think there's an extended period here. I'll look into that. I'll, I'll get an answer for you. All right. Thank you. Appreciate the phone call, Bill. Be huge. Be huge if they could add Levius Overton. I said yesterday, too, with Tyler in the afternoon. Today and yesterday, really for me, yes, it's about celebrating this signing class. It's a great signing class for Oklahoma, given the circumstances. But I can't be positive for too long. <laughs> if if you've listened to the Plank Show or you've listened to me in any capacity on this radio station, we have a critical mind. We have a critical eye. And one thing that I did say yesterday was Oklahoma moving forward, I don't think it's unfair to ask or have the expectation for OU to sign every year one or two five-star kids. And five-star kids haven't just been some slam-dunk thing, TJ, for Oklahoma. The five-star kids they signed under Lincoln Riley, offensive guys, and there's only one of those guys left on campus, and that's Theo Weiss. Everybody else is gone for one reason or another. You should be signing, like you said, two at least every year, especially in the situation you're in and the conference you're going into. You're going to have to. I think that's a reasonable ask. I don't. I think it's kind of low, to be honest. But right, um, yeah. Texas A and M has seven, according to two four seven sports in this class. Georgia, I believe, uh, has five, 
five-star signees in its class. So, I mean, that's what you're up against. Ohio State has has more than a couple. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and knock Oklahoma a bunch today for not having any five star signees in this class. They uh, they were gonna have one Gabriel Brownlow Dindy before obviously everything happened with Lincoln Riley leaving and uh, Calvin Thibodeau no longer being on Oklahoma's staff. That was a big part of Gabriel Brownlow Dindy ending up at Texas A&M. But moving forward, if I had to critique this class. For OU, I don't think it's unfair or unreasonable, unreasona, unreasonable. I don't think that's an unfair ask to say that OU should have a couple of five-star guys every year, every signing class. If I can speak, if I could say the word unreasonable this morning. It should be a given. I'm not going to argue with you on that. And it's, it's the one thing you can look at if you want to get really nitpicky, but... You're not going to today, I don't think. Okay, what do you want to hear next? Do you want to hear some shade thrown USC's way, or would you like to revisit the dub last night for women's basketball? I'm good either way, but I always like shade. So. <laughs> okay, shade next. <laughs> Keep it locked in. Josh Elmer, TJ Perry, taking a T.O. It's the Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Closing up our number one, it's the Plank Show. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hour number one of the Plank Show brought to you by Van Who's Fence. That is VHFence.com. Number to call, 405-735-1167, where Van Who's Fence, they can get your fencing needs taken care of. That's through the premier fence company in Oklahoma. So... We voted Shade. Shade is always great early in the morning. Shade, which makes the sports world go round. This was Tosh Lupoy, who is, if you're unfamiliar, the new Oregon defensive coordinator. This is from the National Signing Day event that the Oregon Ducks had. And Lupoy, he's he's jumped around the National Football League over the last couple of years. Before that, though, he was Alabama's defensive coordinator in 2018, and well, he was asked uh, about he was asked about going head to head with uh, Lincoln Riley and USC in the Pac-12, and it sounded like this. I think that guy they hired at USC he got close, but never closed out the deal. So, do you wear your national championship ring when you when you go on the road recruiting? Well, only because you brought him up, um, he did get close, um, real close. We actually played him. I was the defensive coordinator on the other side of the line. He had a guy named Kyler Murray, really good player. Um, it was 28-0 to zero in the first quarter. So, yeah, I think I remember that game. But he did get close. Yeah. You're right. Um, it's, like, beautiful, but also stings a little bit. Like an orchestrated dance right there. Jeez. <laughs> How many texts were exchanged to set that thing up? Okay. Now you, you come <laughs> now you in. you say this and I'll say this. You come in and you just tee it up and say, ask about where in the national championship ring and how how difficult it'll be going up against Lincoln Riley. And then I'll come right back and I'll remind everyone, we were up 28 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. 
I love it, and like you said, I love it and hate it at the same time because I'm like, ah, dead gummit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. I'm not wrong. I just don't want to hear it. But I want to see. I want to hear the shade thrown. I want to see him uh, take shots at Lincoln without it having to affect Oklahoma. Right. Not at our expense. Coach Lupoy, we need you to just attack something that he's done since taking over at USC. No, no more uh, commentaries about leading Oklahoma by four scores after one quarter of play in a college football playoff semifinal. And as I've said about that game for a very, very long time, he's right. That game was over in the first quarter. Don't let the final score convince you of anything else. That was Oklahoma being dominated on the national stage, which, hey, thing of the past. We got Brent Venables now. The next time we're there, oh, man, the national championship swag of Coach V, look out. It might it might take a little bit. It might not be the first appearance in the college football playoff because it's not totally unlikely they could get there this next coming season. All right, that's it for hour number one. We're back on the ref right after this.